Hello and welcome to a very, very special episode of You Have Six Seconds, a hopefully entertaining D&D podcast. My name is Jethro, and with me I have Dan. Hello. I have Ked. What's up, what's up? And what's up? <laughs> and I have Zoe. Hello, hello, hello. Unfortunately, we are short of a mango today because he does have some stuff to do and this is a fairly uh, impromptu one-shot experience. Yes, this is a one-shot, so it is a non-canonical story. Do watch our previous episodes for a canonical sort of through-line series, but this is a very... It's non-canonical, it's a different storyline, different characters. So if you are like not uh, familiar with us, this is a perfect episode to jump into to just get the vibe of what we're like. Now, this is a one-shot, and we'll begin with a story. The circus is a legend, but in that way where some legends are real. Legend says that it started as a project between Paylor, the god of light, and Avandra, the goddess of fortune. It was a little idea that they had. They started it, and eventually it grew and grew and grew, and eventually became a consistent thing in the world. It was every three years, somewhere, the circus was around, and somewhere, some very lucky people would find tickets, sometimes in their pockets, on their bookshelves, on their uh, nightstand, underneath their covers. They find single, solitary, white when the circus would start, that ticket would bring them to the circus. And although many people are skeptical of just how good the circus is, because it is mysterious, uh, it is a privilege that not many get the experience in their lives, anyone and everyone who get through those tents describes the experience as nothing short of true magic. Many performers also wish to get a ticket, although performers that get a ticket often find it a glittery, glossy gold rather than the plain stark white that many of the patrons, the lucky patrons get. We have three such performers today. First up, in deep underground, is night. It is we are well below the surface. But rather than the soft, muffled sounds of things burrowing in the soil, rather than the odd silence that comes with being so deep underground, what we get is what is perhaps the sickest, nastiest guitar solo anyone has ever heard in their lives. Axel, describe your character mid-performance. Alright, so mid-performance, right? He... As he uh, pulls off this, um, what's called an arpeggiated sweep picking um, pattern, uh, he casts Minor Illusion on himself, so it looks like there's a rain just, just for that extra uh, dramatic effect as it, uh, you know, was his hair as it uh, does the same for his um, lute and the audience sees this and they're all the more enthralled. Absolutely. And it there's 
incredible applause. Your type of music and your your type of music is very very new. It is very experimental, and you've always been a fan of testing the limits of what it is counted to be music. Your loot is something that few uh, luthiers have seen before. It is a uh, it is much longer, uh, many many more frets, and the uh, bridge is uh, designed in a very unique way. Its sound as well, with a hint of transmutation magic, is much less melodic. It's more, there's a, what can only be described as a distortion to it. As you play these like incredibly fast solos and your band accompanies you before launching back into the song proper, it is absolutely enthralling. At the end of your performance, after uh, it, is a, it is a very successful performance, you are feeling good about your career as a musician. It is... Experimental music is always hard to grow with, but you are doing well, so it is a good performance. And at the end of it, uh, you're like wiping the sweat off of like your dark skin and your like glistening white hair. You're like the even with the minor illusion of rain gone, it was still a fairly taxing show. So you are quite sweaty. You wipe it off and just like you have a towel and things. And something falls out of the towel, and it's a fluttering gold ticket. And, oh. Yeah? No, yeah, uh, I just, that's how I react, I, I, I say, huh. And with that, with the ah, uh, our camera shifts to a very different scene. Previously, we were in what, what can only be described as an underground circus, both figuratively underground and quite literally beneath the earth underground. And it was filled with lights and noise and drink and the blaring sound and is as wild and chaotic as a musical performance can get. We shift now to what is an example of perfect harmony and order in music. We are in a grand theater, like beautiful velvet cushioned seats, great uh, great golden filigree against white alabaster in like as the halls and the pathways and the columns a truly massive stage adorning the front end of this theater and a orchestra plays it is a beautiful beautiful melodic sound it swifts and sways and you can see many of the audience almost unconsciously moving with the sound like even the most hoity-toity, even the most sort of common, collected individuals in that crowd can't be helped but almost be brought along physically by this music as it sways around them, the notes all but physical in their ears, and commanding this grand orchestra with uh, many, many instruments and many, many different types of players, one person stands, conducting. Jethro! Would you like to describe your character? Jethro is very sleek. He has a very sleek figure. He is tall. Taller than how sleek he should be. And he is he is a beautiful man. He just doesn't think he's as beautiful as he is. But what he lacks in confidence with his appearance, he makes up for in his grace and conducting. He he knows that this is his art. Everyone here is lucky to be listening to his creation because he created the piece that, that that's being played okay. very good very good uh, uh, 
at the point, <laughs> just for the audience, me, the DM, whose real name is Jethro, and character named Jethro played by Zoe. Different people. Avoid confusion. But yeah, and with these like beautiful swaying motions of your, uh, I assume you have like that conducting baton. Yes, the stick, the wand. The wand. <laughs> yeah. know what it's called. I think it's called the conducting, but I think it's called the baton. I've yes. Watch every musician in their audiences lose their shit. But yes, like with the final wave of your, let's call it a wand, because this one, uh, with that final wave of your wand, your creation comes to a close, and the applause is almost deafening. There are genuine tears in the crowd. And like this like, applause goes on and on and doesn't falter. And sometimes, especially in your community of musicians, like uh, people are much more forgiving sometimes. Like they will applaud even if they didn't like the performance because it is polite society. That is simply how you be a polite member of the uh, noblemen's and noblewomen's like community, uh, community of musicians. That's just what they do. This is not that. This is genuine applause. They, if there was a more true way to express their love of this piece, they cannot find it. It is just that raw emotion coming out from their hands coming to them. How do you, how do you treat this like applause? What do you respond with? I keep a straight face when I face the crowd, and then I smile, and then I take my bow. Yeah. And. Uh, what a glorious and deserving Most bow. theatrical bow I have ever taken. <laughs> with a sweeping gesture. Of course, with yes. my hands twirling before I take it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And as you do that sweeping gesture, you can't, like, the grin originally controlled just to have that effect on the crowd. Your grin is wide and true now that your face is slightly out of view as your hair falls before you. And as you take that sweeping bow, you look down at your feet, and there's a single gold sticker and with that our camera shifts once again to a much less successful performance let's say it is interesting it is not necessarily a bad performance all of the things are there it is simply not capturing people as the way it should anyway what we see is a man dressed in what looks like it used to be nobleman's clothes but has since been worn down by travel a man standing on a crate in a uh, semi-busy street performing a uh, oratory piece wilbury would you like to describe your character uh so my character uh names wilbury shakespeare um, some people describe him as being foppishly uh, dressed in medieval-esque clothing, but as stated, um, it has seen better days. It has seen better uh, days. Due to lack uh, of Um and demeanor, he, much like his successful playwright of a brother, he strives for artistic perfection, going through any means, um, often uh, being viewed as bad, just bad art. But he 
still strive to, to see that, uh, to achieve that artistic perfection. Yeah. And uh, what type of piece would he be performing like right now as he's trying to like capture people's attention? He always starts his show with a quote-unquote show with a with a whistle of a certain tune. I'm sorry, I cannot whistle. Like me, the player, cannot <laughs> whistle. So I cannot uh, demonstrate. But the character whistles. And then for this specific quote-unquote performance, uh, uh, the teenage boy and teenage girl who really hate each other and they end up killing each other's parents. But he, he presents it in a way that he uses uh, vocal cues, like he, he sometimes raises his voice at inappropriate times mm-hmm. and lowers it at inappropriate times just to see what he can achieve. Alright, very uh, similarly quite experimental but not capturing people as uh, much as the previous performance had. And at the end of the day, you do get like, uh, you get it's not a complete, uh, you know, like it's not like no one pays attention. You will take your bow with fairly light applause, uh, but there is applause at least. Some people were staying around, and you look down. I assume you have like a. Were you busking, or was it just saying like were you asking for tips and stuff like people putting money into a hat? No, no, no. Um, there's there's a there's a tiny bowl in front of him, but that's usually where he eats. But that's treated by others as his, you know, his, like, uh, that's where you put your donation. Oh, so for him, know. that's not, that's just his eating bowl. It's just his eating bowl, but people keep putting coins in it. Yep. Well, your eating bowl has been uh, adorned with some coins once again today. Uh, you make a total of what would amount to about a silver. You have about a silver's worth of profit today. Uh, no one approaches you and asks you for more of your work, unfortunately. Which you do have, like, you know, sheaves of copies of your work ready. But it didn't, uh, unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. Um, not yet, anyway. You hope that someday it will happen, but not yet. And as you pack up and you head to wherever it is you sleep, you take your bowl, you, take, you empty the coins into your purse, you rinse the bowl so you can use it to eat and not be poisoned by whatever was in the coins. Uh, as you're like dusting things up and stuff, you see like wedged underneath the box where you were standing, like wedged underneath the crate that you were using as like a pedestal as a, as a sort of mini stage, there is very very dirty and very very like caked and layered with the grime of this creek. But nevertheless, glinting with that hint of glittery gold, a ticket. And with that, the camera once again shifts. The circus comes every three years. And all of this, all of that we've just described, happened at different times. So some of you, the circus arrives tomorrow. For some of you, you got your ticket like a month early. But regardless, everyone who held the ticket is, once the circus arrives, at the circus. There is no 
teleportation. There is no whisk of magic. There is no travel. You are simply at the circus when previously you were not. And what a circus it is. It is indescribably beautiful. The tents tower before you in gold and white. And the crowd around you starts to gather in front of these uh, in front of the tents. And the circus proper, like the main where the tents uh, begin, is gated off with these sort of thrilling white twisting and turning sort of uh, treated iron. And the iron is like, it is what appears to be painted white, but as you get closer, you realize that the iron itself is, it's actually white. And it's not like painted on, you can see the details of the metallurgy, meaning that somehow the just the straight up coloration of this metal is a pure, almost marble-esque white. You turn around trying to see, you know, the crowd around you, and you see that the circus itself is set in what appears to be a floating island, and just beyond the edges, as far as you can see, is just starry night. Just billions and billions and billions of stars lighting up the sky. Not just above you, of course, you are in a floating void, so below you as well, all around, nothing but this one island housing this one tent. Uh, for those of you that are a bit more perceptive with your ears, you can hear that you are not the only crowd here. What appears to have happened is the musicians and the uh, the performers, rather, and the uh, the patrons, the people that have been given tickets merely as a privilege to enter, is uh, like you are in separate crowds. But you are close enough to relatively be able to see each other. And you do see that many, many different walks of life uh, have arrived. You see uh, what is what like you see everything from noble uh, nobles to peasants to uh, artisans to standard workers and laborers. You see one person who you are fairly certain is a, a king in Kowaldan, and you see another person who you are fairly certain is a known and wanted murderer. So it's just walks and walks and different walks of life. The musicians and performers around you are equally as diverse and strange. You see someone uh, what can only be described as covered in knives. You see one person uh, messing with a deck of cards. You see another person with what appears to be balls of uh, cotton balls which are like soaked in what looks like gasoline, dripping slightly with twine attached to them wrapped around their arms, you see people that appear to not be adorned with anything at all and that are, uh, carry that sort of performance spark with them. And the gates in front of you, as you're looking around, the gates in front of you start to slowly light. And you see this, what was once originally just part of the fence, clearly becomes outlined with golden sort of filigree as a gate and a sign above it originally unchanged and just blank starts to slowly fill with script in this golden sort of cursive lettering and slowly the slowly this sign comes into being and the letters fill in first there is a c then a q later on there's a couple of 
final sort of almost like ending a signature like someone is writing this out live with a last final flourish the name of this play revealed Cirque de Legere for those of you that know a few of the stranger dialects of common this translates vaguely to the circus of life the gates are open and you may enter so I am curious as to how do you, how do each of you respond to this strange like happening like will, will you instantly start trying to perform will you look at the different tents and see what's inside do you mingle about try to socialize what is everyone doing uh well uh axel definitely uh stands back and observes first i think that would be uh, what he does first, and uh, I think he'd actually be um, a bit, you know, uncomfortable because it's 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 a bit too diverse for him. Right? He's used to a certain kind of crowd, and uh, you know, the uh, the fancy-looking stuff isn't really uh, um, his thing. So he just uh, observes for now. Mm-hmm. You roll me a d20. Just a straight d20. And tell me what number you get. I got a two. check out uh, what's up with that tent. You uh, walk to this tent, you part this uh, white and gold, the white and gold colored sort of uh, tarp that makes up the tent. And it is much, much lighter than you expect. It's almost, it's less like pushing aside cloth and more like you're just slightly moving your hand through water. There's barely any resistance at all. And it floats back down behind you. What you see before you is 
styled in very much the same way a dueling ring might be styled. So there's a bunch of uh, benches and seats surrounding an open area and it's separated by this like light wooden fence. And there is this open dirt pit and there are two people in... Or initially you think this might be a juggler's stand because it is a juggling... Uh, you see two people juggling, uh, juggling swords. And they each have three swords. They're sort of throwing, 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 throwing. And then you see this uh, one person. This it, uh, it appears to be a very muscular orcish woman or half orcish woman. She's juggling, juggling, and as she throws one of the swords super high into the air and then swipes at this this person. It's a human male, slightly shorter. It swipes at them, but not at their body. Not like they're going for an attack. It appears they're trying to knock one of the swords out of the juggling pattern. Unfortunately, the human sees it coming and then swipes the sword out of the way before catching and catching and catching once more. And the Orcish woman has to stumble slightly to reach the sword that she had thrown into the air and once again back into that juggling pattern. The human tries for a similar lunge and unfortunately, the Orcish woman is not quite as fast and cannot get her sword out of the way. She throws one sword and tries to keep the juggling pattern going, but unfortunately, the human knocks one of them out of the air and she is not quick enough to reach out and return to the juggling pattern. Once that sword thuds into the ground and the orchestra woman grunts in frustration, the crowd, the small crowd that had started to gather cheers and uh, hands exchange, like money exchanges. This appears to be a tent dedicated to what is called combat juggling. And uh, the, uh, you, see, um, you see one person, it, it is a very strange dress it's a, a perfect three-piece suit with a top hat and a mask all perfectly white except for a golden tie and this voice comes out of it uh perfectly neutral and androgynous and he goes hello would you like to watch bet or perform uh watch bet or participate rather uh actually i might try my hand at uh doing whatever this is. Ah, this is a sport called combat juggling. The aim is to keep your juggling pattern going while messing with the opponents. The first person to drop their pattern loses. You may, uh, you may interfere with the, uh, the swords, but you may not actively try to harm your opponent. Alright, well, sounds simple enough. Alright. Uh, so you uh, you are signed up for it, right? And after a few minutes of waiting, you watch a few more people go at it. There's uh, many different people. Some people appear to be like you that are trying, just trying their hands at it, right? And there are some people that are like, they appear to be professional jugglers or professional performers, and they're like much, much better at it. Uh, I would like you to roll me another, like, roll me a D6 just to see how good your opponent is. The higher the number, the better they are. Gotcha. I rolled a two. Okay, so you get someone that is uh, trying trying it out the same way you are. Like they had not realized that combat juggling was a thing, but they do appear to know how to juggle at least a little bit. Uh, what you, the opponent that is across from you, as you are handed these three sort of swords, and you see that they are blunted. They're not actually sharpened swords. It is more just for the flash of it. 
and as you handed your juggling swords, the uh, the person uh, across from you is handing you ten. They appear to be a uh, either elven or half elven woman. She has red hair that is like tied into a very loose braid down her back. She has a scar in one eye, and she is like very looks very excited to try something. So like she does, she looks like someone that didn't expect to be invited to the circus. But she is very happy that she is. I want you to roll me a first, uh, you're gonna be the first, like, contested ability check. I want you to roll me a dexterity check, and you are trying to beat her dexterity check. Gotcha. Oof. Yo. Wait, her, I think she. Uh, I rolled five total. That's uh, so far. I've rolled three twos in a row. Oh, you almost. She almost. Uh, you almost still beat her, even with the terrible roll. But unfortunately, you start the the, the whistle goes. You start that juggling pattern. It takes you a moment to get used to the to it because you you're not really you know how to juggle, but you don't really like. It's a skill you picked up at some point, but you don't really practice it. You know how to do it in theory, but it's quite difficult to get the pattern going reliably enough in a way that you don't actually drop your swords. And by the time you get the pattern properly, she's already in front of you and swiping at one of your clubs in the air. One of your swords in the air, and you unfortunately cannot recover it before it clangs into the ground. check out who I feel would is the best and therefore would be my competition. In, like someone in, 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 in music I, I I suppose. All right, roll me a perception check. is immaculate this is this is whoever designed and composed and is currently placing the music that currently fills the air this ambiance that sort of generally floats through and around and intense they're a genius and you make a note to at some point ask some official who designed this music because it's glorious and secondly you notice a tent it is medium size but the uh, tapestry the the tarp the gold and white that make up its covering is much much thicker and you recognize that it is probably soundproof material so and you as you get closer and like one of the another patron sort of like says hi waves to you and then enters in as the uh, as the flap parts you can hear music coming out of it 
Yes, I entered. As you enter, once again, as you part the white and the the white and the gold, there is uh, it's much much lighter than you expect. It's certainly much lighter than the standard soundproofing that you're used to. That is, you have to push that stuff because it's heavy and uh, it's a lot of fluff to sort of scramble the sound. This is this is like pushing through water. It, it doesn't feel like you're pushing anything. It just slightly slows down your hand. It floats back down behind you. And there appears to be what is a music composition going on. Now, the person currently performing is a dwarven man. Uh, they are seated in... Uh, it, it's, a, it's a half circle sort of scenario. It is like a theater, but instead of uh, a lot of people down looking up at the stage, it is a stage at the bottom and then sort of circling uh, benches going upwards. Uh, very like standard Greek theater sort of design, except wood and smaller. And uh, this, uh, this uh, dwarven gentleman is performing on a wind instrument of some kind. It is not a wind instrument you are familiar with though, and you are familiar with all of them. So this is certainly a, uh, it's an, um, one of those like unique self-made instruments that only they know how to play. It is, um, it is a machine that they themselves constructed and it appears to be operated by sort of these hydraulic sort of handles that when you let go they sort of slowly come back as well as pedals. Very steampunk-esque in its design and it has this very sort of chugga 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 sort of vibe to it. The music is rhythmic, like the tracks of the train had been put onto a beat and a symposium had been composed around it. It is very pleasant. And there is, uh, after they finish their performance, they give a slight bow and there is, it's greeted with light applause. And uh, the of, uh, official, another official, same exact uh, dress. It is stark white three-piece suit mask and uh, top hat and the only bit of color is this perfect glinting gold tile. Again, that androgynous voice comes out, not specifically addressing you, but addressing the crowd in general. Would anyone else like to perform? Uh, of course I would, but before I speak up, uh, no, nothing. I can't use bardic inspiration on myself, so yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, would you like a, uh, they look at you sort of burn through your clothes and sort of almost like you know they're looking at the ticket in your pocket and after a slight pause ah yes Jethro Van Dus uh, a composer would you like a uh, would you like an orchestra I'd like to take my I'd like to try out the instrument, that one. Oh, uh, and the dwarf who was in the process of like dismantling is like, you'd like to try my instrument. If you'd let me, it looks very interesting and I would like to try my hand at it. I, do, I, I was going to ask if you knew how to play it, but you don't because I made it. You'd just like to try it? Yes. Oh, and you see, and you see, very interesting. You see people like murmur, like oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you, uh, if you remember from the uh, 
I think it's from the Mozart movie where like he plays a uh, he plays a melody after hearing it once. It's that kind of like holy crap he can do that. And uh, but the dwarf sort of does it very well, and he pauses in where he was trying to uh, dismantle it and sort of, like puts back the pieces that he had taken out, and the man sort of offers the stage to you. I would like you to make a. This is gonna be interesting. This is going to be a performance check, but I'm putting you at. Yeah, I'm putting you at disadvantage. Just because you, you're cold playing an instrument. Not cold playing the band, but you're playing it cold. You're learning it cold. Uh. The, an instrument that you've never seen before and it's very weird in its design. So roll me a performance at a disadvantage. And tell the audience what you get. I got a 20. A 20 at disadvantage. You blow people's minds. It is... It is, it is crazy that not only, you see the dwarf is like slightly miffed because he made this instrument and you're only slightly not as good as him. You're almost better than him. After like hearing it for two seconds and playing it for the first time and people go nuts. And at, as you are playing it, originally you start by copying the mel- the melody that you had heard him go with, like the beat and pattern that you had heard him go with, the chugga 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 chugga, that very train-like sort of sound. But after you get a feel for the instrument, you change up the pattern and you change up the timing and it becomes this, it, the pattern almost becomes chaotic but in a regular kind of shifting way and you learn to pull this music out of it in the same way that you would with an orchestra you find the way it feels you find the way each of the individual parts because this is at the end of the day like every other orchestra it is a bunch of individual parts working together to try to create something and sorry to create the sound yeah yes you're trying to create sound and creating is what you do best this is a piece of cake the applause that you get is more than polite the applause that you get to any of the patrons passing by the tent actually slightly breaks through the soundproofing and that is the way you react to the circus wilbur wilbur how do you react to the circus uh as the gates open i i start to open my book and jot down notes on how i can make a, a story out of this i jot down details hence what they look like people there the general vibe and along with them uh, along with those uh, you know, uh notes intended for uh, i add music notes per three words Yeah. You put what? Sorry, three words. Uh, I put one music note for every keyword in the note I I jot. Oh, interesting. Okay, roll me a. Let's see. Roll me a 
as well? musicians and performers gather at the main tent for this first night's main event and slowly the people around you start to sort of ebb and flow into this uh, central this massive central tent that sort of towers above all of the other ones and along the way it's not a beeline towards it there is people that stop by and that get candied apples and uh, caramel covered popcorn and just like um, taking in all of these all of the amenities that this place offers and the the eventually you all I assume you all make your way into the main tent as well yep yeah yeah and uh, you all find uh, you all find your seats all from like all in like different areas of the circle and there is an announcer uh, standing just dead center in the middle of this like it is similar to the uh, it's similar in construction to the combat juggling tent that you were in um, Axel but much much on a much grander scale so it is that sort of central empty area and then uh, chairs piled surrounding around it but much on a much grander and much larger scale and you can see this place is fitted out for many many different types of performances um specifically axel you notice that there is uh you're looking up and you notice that there is what appears to be although not currently in use things for acrobats and trapeze artists and that kind of thing uh jethro you notice that the uh, the shape of the tent the inside of it at the very least is specifically designed the same way uh, an opera theater is to reverb the sound correctly 
uh, Wilbury, you are recording all of this. So you notice both of this and more. So you're just like writing it down and stuff. And the announcer at the middle begins to speak. And they bring up a uh, what appears to be a wand to their throat. And it amplifies their voice in the same way a modern day microphone might. And it sort of like booms across the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, those in between, welcome to this first opening night of Cirque de Leger. I hope you've all had a wonderful evening so far. I hope you've had the amenities, seen some of the extraneous tents. Tonight, I would like you all to experience what is essentially a audience participation performance. We will be hosting a sort of talent show. Each and every one of you will have the opportunity, should you desire, whether you are a performer or a patron, to showcase your talent. Whatever it is you may be good at, whatever it is you are passionate about. So please, if you will, raise your hand if you are interested in showcasing what it is you are good at. Quite a few people uh, raised their hands, quite a few of the performers, quite a few of the patrons as well, just the people that are getting to experience it. Uh, do all three of you raise your hand, or do some of you not raise your hands? What is the... I raise my hand. Of course I raise my hand. Everyone raises yeah. their hands? Yeah, sir. I, I, I hesitate, hesitate for a bit, because uh, my, my style is, you know, not very popular even in the Underdark, but I raise it anyways. As you all, yeah, eventually you all raise your hands. Some of you more sure than others, but eventually all of you raise your hands. And a, another ticket appears. This time it is uh, it is stark white for everyone, but the ink is gold on it. And on it is simply a number. And it appears that it just denotes the uh, which number you will be up to perform. And um, the numbers that you all get are Axel, you get 23. Jethro, you get 72. And uh, Wilbur, you get 108. So it's all like you're all uh, fairly spread out. And the the announcer starts to say, you may, if you would like, stay to watch the other performances. If you would like to come out of the tent and come back in to uh, test out the other tents or get snacks and drink, you are free to. Good luck to all of you who chose to perform. And the crowd sort of uh, gets going. And the first performer, the first few performers do uh, come out and start performing. The first person appears to be a, a sword swallower. Like they have these, uh, they have these like swords that are in this ready sort of facet, and they start one by one taking taking them, putting it into their throat, showcasing that it is genuinely and truly in there. Taking them out, and then there's a curvier sword, and then etc. etc. And the performances begin. Uh, do any of you do anything as you wait for your turn to perform? I I jot down notes from each of the perform. Okay. Uh, Wilbury, roll me a perception check, please. Uh, twenty, but not natural. Uh, okay, with the twenty, you captured it in. Uh, you first of all like of the actual recording of the event it's a, you captured it exquisite detail it is beautiful and like you actually start to like you 
you're like drawing furiously with the words and the and the uh, music notes, and you're trying to pour everything you're uh, seeing and feeling and experiencing into the pages, trying to capture this three-dimensional and four-dimensional with its uh, music um, experience as much as two-dimensional paper and pencil can allow. And you notice that uh, anyone that peers over your shoulder and looks at your work realizes that the words and the scribbles and the notes that you've created also start to sort of resemble like drawings of the circus like it's it's words and sentences but the sentences and lines are arranged to look like circus tents and performances and balls being juggled and knives being thrown and swords being swallowed and the words sort of like twist and morph into these beautiful elegant drawings that function both in at the same time as notes and illustrations and you sort of look back after like a solid 20 minutes of just furiously scribbling this is some of your best work that is what you get i whispered to myself oh this is gonna be good <laughs> it is uh axel and jethro do you do anything as you wait for your opportunity to perform I quietly judge everyone else. Roll me a per uh, perception check. Or insight, your choice, depending on what you're doing. Is that perception or insight? That's perception. I'm not actually just doing anything, I'm just judging people. Yeah, you're just, yeah. You're just looking. Just looking. There are people that are, uh, you know, there you judge the performances. Some are very good. Some are classical, just musicians. You find there's an excellent violinist in the crowd that you absolutely need to go talk to at some point because their music is absolutely enchanting. Uh, there are some that you're not as into. Are what is uh, Jethro's take on the more like unique performances, the sword swallowers and the uh, theater fighters? What is what is their take on that kind of? I mean, art is art, but I, of course, I do like making art with your body instead of using your body as art. I see. So, not as much of a fan, but respected the artist nevertheless. Of course. Awesome. All right. So, then, yes, all of the art, some of it is for you, some of it isn't. Overall, all amazing art. And some eventually, like, non-professional performers come along because some of the uh, patrons also just raise their hands just to test it out. And you see there is a, like, a little girl with a deck of cards doing, like, you know, very basic magic tricks, but it's really nice because she's, like, every time the crowd applauds, you can see that she's really, really happy. There's an uh, old woman that is absolutely insane at singing. Just like she's very old and consciously comes up and the voice that comes out of her mouth is the most gorgeous voice you have ever heard in your many, many years as a performer and as a proprietor of the arts. You see a, a very uh, middle-aged, sort of like fast balding man and he comes out with these like sort of uh, like a, this deck with painted pictures and just starts telling fortunes. And he gets quite a few wrong, but it's still a lovely, lovely experience. So there's a mix of professional performers and uh, like people that just 
make art not because they're artists but because making art is the most natural thing a living being can do to express yourself in a way that other people can enjoy it's just instinct whether it's your job or not and it is whether the performance is good or not whether the applause is just polite or genuine every performance is its own bit of magic that is what definitely uh, Axel do you anything before you get your chance to perform uh, I, I go ahead and uh, buy some caramel popcorn as that's something I've never seen before and I make sure to leave half and uh, leave half of my bandmates for when I get back home alright so you get uh, you get this caramel popcorn it is free and you slowly realize everything in this circus is free the Sweet. popcorn participating in events it is all absolutely free of course like if you are in some of the competition events you can bet money but to to like like genuinely enter the tent it is also free it is like it appears that there is a pervasive belief of inclusion here this is not art for just the rich or capable nor is it art that only appeals to the lowbrow this is art for everyone and it brings you a sense of comfort because your art is unaccepted by some many people not to, don't get the art world wrong many many people absolutely adore your uh, more guttural harsher sound it is something that brings about raw emotion but sometimes that raw emotion isn't something people like and your art has faced some flack because of it but there's just such a sense of acceptance here that it almost as you just just like eating caramel popcorn you're just eating it's very nice caramel popcorn it's amazing but just as you're eating it you also like you start to well up slightly just from the sheer feeling of like my art is appreciated here because all art is appreciated here and it, you start to well up better it's really nice and with that we'll get to your performances so first up is axel I think, right? Yeah, you got 23. So yeah, I got 23. What do you perform? Well, I perform the only, really the only thing I know how to, how or what to perform. And that's uh, a solo, uh, specifically a, an improvised solo. Oh, go for it. I would like you to roll me a performance check. Why did that not? It hasn't closed. Yeah. That's weird. Try it again. What did what went wrong there? There you go. Oh, there we go. Twenty-five total. Is that? Yeah, twenty-five total. The you've experienced good solos before. You've like those moments where you're in the moment and your fingers are flying almost automatically so you can plan out your solo as you go along without having to like consciously move your fingers you just will music into existence and your fingers do the rest and the sound that comes out of it 
like originally like people were rowdy before like especially with like the really good performances people would like clap and clap and clap people stand up people like start dancing and there's just like this people cannot like this feeling of they cannot control they need to express the emotion as like there's this dance and music and they start like screaming and uh, like just hollering with that joy and the experience is just like after you hit that final lick that the cheer that echoes throughout you're certain that the stars outside the pet can hear them oh yeah i uh bask in um something that's uh i wouldn't say um you know unfamiliar i've sure i've had uh some support before but this is uh i don't know like this is something that uh axel has has um never never really experienced at least to this degree so he just you know takes it all in yeah and it is lovely few more performances go by after the absolutely excellent Guitar Shred by Axel and Jethro Van Dusen. Jethro, uh, what is so weird calling the character by their name? But Jethro, uh, what performance do you have in mind? Do you plan to conduct or would you like to play one of your instruments? I take out my violin and make sure that it's tuned properly. It is oddly enough like you are familiar with like especially in a circus you have oftentimes like you'd have to tune it up slightly because the uh the humidity of just so many people being in the same place at once would expand the strength so you need to tighten it up it's tuned perfectly like it, there's something about this place that keeps instruments perfect in working order and it's very very convenient you head up to the performance area Yes, I do. Roll me performance check. I refuse. Okay, I'm going to use my lucky feet. Yes. <laughs> Much better. That's better. <laughs> What's the roll? I got, for my first roll, I got a 3, for my, not plus 9, for my second roll, I got a 16 plus 9, that's 25. 25 total. The, your bow hits the strings, you take one inhale, and as that exhale comes out, you start to create. And this is, you are, uh, you are a composer, you are a conductor, uh, often you are used to, like, uh, writing out your music and then perform having the sheet music in front of you as you either perform it or as you conduct. But this is you are improving. This is the truest form of creation. You are just making and doing. No in between. No revision. No edit. No changing. No backpedaling. No hesitation. Just creation and setting it out into the world. And the sound, again, it's, it's almost physical. 
as the strings vibrate, the sound, the air vibrates along with it. And you can almost, if you listen and see, just notes almost appearing. Almost like there's sheet music plastered into the air. And slowly, the tent and the people and the things around you start to just react ever so slightly. When there's a swell in the music, the lights brighten almost to blinding, but not quite enough to hurt any eyes. As the music grows more somber and dimmer and starts to pull people in as it gets quieter and quieter, the lights dim and dim and the port swells out once more. The winds outside that flutter the tent almost do it in time with your beats like the tapestry itself is dancing to your music. And there is, whereas Axel's performance had people getting up and dancing almost like their bodies couldn't control themselves, yours, it's like their emotions can. It's, there's tears of laughter and joy and sadness. It is, people are no longer people. It is just emotions around you. You can see, you see not faces and people and things you see there's joy there is sadness there's delight there is wonder it's just emotion as you create and you're fairly stoic as you perform but just the purity of this show you well up slightly Thank you for the method acting. And with that, I assume you take your bath. I do. And I, uh, the, it's in a circle, right? The tent is in a circle? Yes. I make sure that I give I give the crowd as much love as I can, like every, pu- every part of the tent. I face all of the points. Uh, very, the good. very good, very good. The professional, of course the professional would know how to do that. You are, you are in your element here. And yeah, like things get thrown in joy. Like some be like uh, some people throw flowers and roses, but the roses are white and the stems are gold. And there you have uh, people just throwing like whatever, so like popcorn and just this joy, and it's a, it's a very good reaction. And yeah, then uh, after that, a couple of more performances, and then we have Wilbury. Wilbury, what performance do you plan to give? So, as I go up on stage, I cast the cantrip Minor Illusion to create an image of myself. Okay. And then, I start out or I will be performing my recent art that I have composed, developed, what have you, called <clears throat> Scots on the Rock. For, uh, for the audience, it, it's just uh, this guy's version of Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you made Macbeth. Yes. And then, as... Uh, hold up. Sorry, what was that? Uh, as all of my performance starts, it starts with this whistle. So I have to switch. And 
so yeah, because I can't whistle. But yeah, it starts with that. And uh, basically, the whole performance just me reciting the play of Mac- of this version of Macbeth, which is Scott on the Rock, which is basically there was a king of Scot- Scotland called or queen of Scotland called Macbethy. Oh my god! And she went, uh, she went mad, and she asked three witches to turn him, uh, turn her into a him. Okay. They lived happily ever after. <laughs> Give that. me a performance check and see how Macbethy. Oh wait, wait! Another detail is, um, he 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 recites the playwright. But with the tone of my my <laughs> oh my god! So, so the dialogue is go for it. It's performed with that I, tone. Yeah. You have no idea how tempted I am to give you disadvantage, but I won't. I will not. Roll your performance check. See what you get. Twenty-six. It's the best one so far. Let's go. Why is it the best one? Wow, just, just, just wow. Scott's on the and then I end the performance with, uh, with the same whistle, and I, I, uh, dissipate the minor illusion, and then I bow. Wilbury. At first, you're unfamiliar with the sound. Like you, like you look up quickly at, from your bow. Like what the fuck's going on? Before you realize, it's applause. It is loud, true, un like genuine applause. And it is the most beautiful sound you have ever heard. That is you. you I I feel like this is you got a good performance and like uh, people after like you take your bow you leave for the next performer they are trying to like you know keep it going and stuff people come up to you and say hey do you have some of your work well yes i have them right here and then i open up my my um uh refined nobleman quotes that's full of uh written versions of my work yeah, oh, that, with, they, with matching music notes. They happily like they happily take it like oh wow that's really like they are now that they've they, the problem with experimental work, the problem with avant-garde work is that people like the familiar. But once it is proven to them that the avant work avant-garde work is good, they eat it up. And that one performance Maybe not always good, it's experimental, but the fact that it is something that no one here, not a single person here, no matter whether they are like a, uh, a professional performer or just someone that's been around the block, the fact that none of them have ever seen anything like this, it, you finally are recognized for the art you can make. And then as they take... As they take uh, 
my written work, I start to open my books and jot down their facial expressions as they are reading my Eventually, because uh, there is good performances, but once again, you are allowed to let certain exit and step and move around. Uh, a small crowd gathered. Uh, Axel and Jeffrey would also probably find this crowd at some point. I mean, just like out to get a drink or something. You see a small crowd gathered of what appears to be an impromptu performance. And there is a man there dressed in what looks like rags of the noble, uh, nobleman's clothes. And what they're doing is they're handing out a piece of paper. The person reading is allowed to react freely, and the uh, the performer sort of scribbles the scribbles in their notebook. And once the uh, scribbling is done, and once the piece is completely read, the, uh, this person Wilbury turns the paper that turns like the paper they were scribbling on around, and what they create is a perfect caricature of the person's facial expressions while they were reading the piece but it is made using tiny letters that if you look closely read out to be the script of the thing they gave them to read oh that is cool that is yeah cool. that's dope man that's dope and th- that's what you do and it is it is beautiful it is insane like the fact that you you use like the thickness and thinness of line to create shadow and contrast and outlines and from a script that you already know so well because you made it comes a visual image and you are you know that once you exit the circus and like you are like allowed out you are you know uh back into the world you're good like you're not going to be famous automatically but you've put enough art into the world and you've proven enough of yourself that you will be able to find patrons and more importantly there's that little part of you that goes i knew it i can make art it's really in that confidence is more valuable than a hundred thousand happy clients and with that we're going to end tonight's episode.